Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In this week's episode, Kid Cudi, Jeremiah, and J. Cole's Dreamville Records crew all release new projects. Also, the Grammy nominations for the 58th Annual Grammy Awards have been announced. So we're going to get into some history and talk some Grammy predictions. So keep it locked for this week's episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. What's up, listeners? Welcome to the 16th episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. We got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, The Grammy nominations came in just in time. Um, We're going to talk about, you know, who got nominated, a couple snubs. So I'm going to get into that in the Dig Deeper segment. Um, It's been a busy week. It's been a busy week for me. Um, This past Tuesday... I ended up going to see Spectre, uh, that new James Bond movie. Check that out. I just recently got into the Bond movies, the ones with Daniel Craig in them. Um, And they're pretty dope. I went and bought pretty much all of them at Black Friday. Um, And Spectre was dope. The plot was a little crazy, but it was dope. Um, Wednesday, went to a Bulls game. Saw the Bulls beat up on the Nuggets, so that was cool. It was country western night. Didn't really see that coming, but it was it was fun. Um, Thursday, I went to a concert um, by The Arcs. Um, the Arcs is kind of a side project of Dan Auerbach, who's one half of the Black Keys, who, if you don't know much about, check out the Black Keys. They're a real, you know, indie, blues, rock band. They're pretty dope. Um, they're easily my favorite band, um, my favorite rock band to listen to. So, you know, I got to diversify. I'm not all about the hip-hop and R&B. Um, definitely check out the Black Keys. And if you like what you hear, check out the ARCS, A-R-C-S, their side project. Um, and then Friday, I got my wisdom teeth taken out. So that was that was fun, slash is fun, you know. Got to love the tightness of stitches in your mouth. It just really, really gets you going. So, yeah, that's been my week. Um, spent most of the weekend recuperating. But yeah, we back um, with yet another episode and a lot to get into. So let's jump right in to the first segment. So for this week's This Day in Hip Hop and R&B segment, we're going to be looking at December 9th um, at Days in the Past. And there's not there's not much of anything this week, um, but the two things I do have you know, seem to be following a bit of a theme. I thought they were very interesting, just something to point out. So let's get started. Uh, December 9th, 1988. Apparently there was a poll released. Don't ask me why this poll was released, but it was. Um, You know, surveying the most favored background music for sex in 1988. 
the three winners of this poll. Number one, Neil Diamond. Number two, Beethoven. That's right, the the classical composer, Beethoven. And number three, Luther Vandross. Now, if that isn't the most ragtag, you know, mix of artists I've ever heard, then I don't know what is. So yeah, apparently <laughs> there might be a lot of 27, 28-year-olds out there who may have been conceived to some Beethoven, you know? Mm, that symphony number seven in A major really, really gets you going. Um, so that was a very interesting fact that I found. Um, let's jump 18 years later. December 9th, 2006, Mariah Carey threatened legal action against porn star Mary Carey to stop her from trademarking her name. Mariah was like, yo, Mary Carey. You know, your name's pretty similar to me, but you're a porn star. I'm not trying to get us confused. Fans, you know, might get us mixed up. You should not trademark your name. Um, As far as I know, Mary Carey was like, you're out of your mind. And she went through with it anyway. And also, I believe, ran for governor of California at some point. Um, So, yeah, Mariah Carey was not having it, but I don't I don't know if she won that suit. Um, But, yeah, that's. You know, just another interesting interesting thing on this day. Um, let's jump into some Billboard 200. Um, there wasn't much else going on fact-wise. Um, so this is the point where we look at what hip-hop and R&B albums were number one on the charts on this day. So 1983, Can't Slow Down by Lionel Richie, still on the charts. 1984, Purple Rain by Prince, of course, still on the charts. 1990, To the Extreme by Vanilla Ice, still number one on the charts. Then we jump to 1991, Dangerous by Michael Jackson. Um, This was Michael Jackson's eighth studio album, um, and it had, you know, leading singles like Black or White and Remember the Time. I think this is a great Michael Jackson album. You know, I was never, you know, the biggest Michael Jackson fan. Um, He came just, you know, a little bit before I was really listening to music like that. And, you know, he he never really resonated with me like he does with so many people. But, you know, I can recognize good music. And Remember the Time is easily one of my favorite Michael Jackson songs. Um, and I think Dangerous was a great album. So yeah, 1991, that album was number one on the charts on this day. 1992, The Bodyguard by Whitney Houston, number one on the charts. Now, everybody knows, um, you know, this is what a lot of people really put with Whitney Houston. Like when Whitney Houston comes up in their head, they think of The Bodyguard. And it's so interesting that this soundtrack for an album is you know the first thing people think of when they think of Whitney Houston she was an amazing singer and you know she was the executive producer for this soundtrack um she performed like the first half of the project um you know this is the soundtrack that gave us I Will Always Love You a song that was originally you know it was written by Dolly Parton Whitney performed it for the soundtrack and it's clearly her song now I Have Nothing, you know, Queen of the Night, even Jesus Loves Me, like, Whitney killed it on this project. And I mean, this is the best-selling soundtrack of all time. It won a Grammy for Album of the Year in 1994. Like, this was a serious project, and Whitney really, really was at the top of her game. Um, It's no surprise that it's number one on the charts. Um, You know, I've never seen the movie The Bodyguard. So if anybody's seen it, you know, hit me up. Tweet at TOTB the podcast or email me at thinking outside the boombox at gmail dot com. Um let me know if it's worth looking at. Um because you know I've listened to the soundtrack but I've never seen the movie. It might be a dope movie. Um so hit me up, let me know about that. But yeah, you know, the bodyguard number one, nineteen ninety two. 
So let's jump forward. 1993, Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg, number one on the charts. Now, this was Snoop Dogg's debut album. Um, his first album, and it was already number one on the charts. Um, it was one of the fastest-selling hip-hop albums at the time. It sold over 800000 in one week, which in 1993 is definitely a big deal. Um, you know, this was the beginning of Snoop Dogg's career. He had just done some work on The Chronic with Dre, and, you know, he was starting, you know, you know to do his own thing and, you know, really take off for himself. And Doggy Style... Um, I think is one of Snoop Dogg's best albums. It's the album that gave us Ain't No Fun, If the Homies Can't Have None, um, G's and Hustlers, Murder Was the Case. And of course, of course, we can't forget the all-time favorite, Gin and Juice. So yeah, you know, Snoop Dogg wasn't playing with him. Um, he, you know, has transformed into easily one of the best rappers in the history of the game. Um, as far as being an MC goes, you know, like Snoop Dogg is at the top, you know, one of the best West Coast rappers to ever come out. Um, so yeah, you know, his debut album, you know, he got started right from the jump, killing it, killing it on the charts. So shout out to Snoop Dogg. Um, you know, I know you're never going to get tired of this dude being on the number one charts, but I mean, that's his thing. So Jump ten years, you know there was a big hiatus on the number one at the number one for hip hop and R and B. But two thousand three, Jay Z's The Black Album number one. Now you know this is Jay Z's thing. He's got this record of every album he drops. You know it becomes a number one record. I think every album he's put out has made number one, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, The Black Album was Jay Z's. Um, supposedly last album you know this is the album that he was putting out before he was retiring um so everybody thought great album one of his best not top two but you know definitely one of you know his best albums um and interestingly enough um this album lost at the grammys to the college dropout for best rap album you know, I'm very partial to Kanye, um, and I just thought it was, and since we're in the Grammy mode today with what we're going to talk about later, this fact came up, I thought it was interesting to mention. Um, so yeah, 2003, Black Album was number one on the charts. Three years later, 2006, Kingdom Come, which is Jay-Z's return from retirement, <laughs> number one on the charts. You know, not that good of an album, Um Interestingly enough, this album lost to Kanye West's graduation at the Grammys. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. You know, Jay-Z, he was always on these charts. He puts out a retirement album, it's number one. He comes out of, quote-unquote, retirement, it's number one. Jay-Z kills it. Um, 2008, 808s and Heartbreak by Kanye West, number one album. You know, this is something might be able to talk about in a future podcast, but this was a, a revolutionary album. Um, it was the first album where we saw Kanye really breaking out of the sound that everybody had grown to love from him, from the college dropout, late registration, and even graduation. Um, and rightfully so, it came at a time when he was going through a lot of personal stuff, like the loss of his mother, and I think he broke up with his girl, so, you know, he grabbed his auto-tune, you know, took some pointers from T-Pain, and then he really literally just spilled his heart, you know, on an album, something that rappers weren't really doing nowadays, and in effect, he really opened the doors for artists like Drake, and, you know... You know, people who are making that type of music now in rap, he really opened the doors for them to create. Um, so yeah, 808s and Heartbreak is a revolutionary album from that standpoint alone. And then if you just want to talk about the music, we can talk about the music. L look, Kanye's not a great singer. Everybody knows that. That's why he's using auto-tune. But, you know, he found a way to take that auto-tune and, you know, make some music, um... That was, you know, just just really good. You know, one of my favorite songs off of 808s and Heartbreak 
uh, was the song Streetlights. Yeah, definitely, definitely check out Streetlights. Um, everybody knows Heartless. Say You Will, great track. Like, Kanye killed it. And then if you want to go through that, the live performance he did, Pinocchio Story, the last track, also great. 808s and Heartbreak is a great album. Um, I'll talk more about that on another point when I really, you know, I got to get my thoughts together for me to do the the big Kanye West podcast because it's probably going to have to be split up in the five different Dig Deeper segments because there's so many layers of Kanye to discuss. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely get into an 808 heartbreak, 808 and Heartbreaks conversation. Um, let's jump forward two years. 2010, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West, number one on the charts. Another great album from Kanye. Um, a lot of people think it's his best album. I still can't give that to anybody, any album but the college dropout. But it's a great album. It's a piece of art, you know. Um, and, you know, it came after he took a little hiatus after the whole Taylor Swift incident and everybody in the world, you know, hated Kanye West, all of that. Um, and he came back, um, with a really good album that was once again different from what he had given us before, but was still Kanye, was still great, was super creative, like, I mean, All of the Lights was on this album. Um, and I mean, and forget All of the Lights. I My favorite song off My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, just because of how, like, beautifully constructed it is, is Lost in the World. Yo, Kanye killed it. That was how he ended the album. He ended with, you know, a Gil Scott Heron um, speech, you know, mixed in with the music from that. It My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is a classic. Um... You know, it should have won a Grammy for Album of the Year. We're going to get into that later. Um, but yeah, no question that it should have been number one on the charts um, this day in 2010. Finishing up the list, 2012, Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys was number one on the charts. Um, you know, that has to be strictly because, you know, it had been a minute since maybe two years since Alicia had dropped an album. Might have been three. Um, Element of Freedom might have came out in 2009. Um, but, you know, this wasn't one of Alicia's strongest albums. I didn't even really like Girl on Fire, the song, that much. Um, Fire We Make, which is a song I included in the playlist from last week, was off of this album. I think that's the best song on the project. Um but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Alicia kind of dropped off a little after As I Am, and I'm kind of hoping she'll get back to her, you know, to that point. But yeah, Girl on Fire was number one on the charts, so you know, I'll let it breathe. Um, so that's it for the This Day in Hip Hop and R&B segment. Um, keep it locked. I'm coming right back after a short break with the Press Play segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It's time to jump into the second segment of the episode. That is the press play segment. Um, So I want to get things started really quickly by talking about Kid Cudi's album. Um, Kid Cudi finally released his double album, Speed and Bullet to Heaven. Um, This is the album that happened in place of Man on the Moon 3. Um, not quite sure if Man on the Moon 3 is going to happen. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know what's in Cuddy's head anymore. But, um, so he released Speed and Bullets of Heaven. It's a double album. It's not hip-hop. Like I've said, don't go into it expecting it to be. It's alternative, like, rock, punk rock. 
and in that regard, I don't really know how, you know, how well to receive it, you know, because I don't listen to that much punk rock or alternative rock, so I don't really know what I should be comparing it to. But here's what I do know. Um, you know, Cuddy sounds good. Cuddy sounds good. Um, you know, acoustically and, you know, vocally, everything we always get from Cuddy is there. You know, the, the moaning and the vocals and the passion is there. Um, musically, you know, I was I was about it. You know, I would listen to the album again. Um, it sounded like a regular punk rock album I would have heard songs I would have heard on the radio, but with Cuddy's voice. Um, it seems like, you know, the production value is there. Um, you know, it was, it was alternative rock, I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly what else to say, except I would listen to it again. Um, oh, there are a lot of songs on there that have, you know, replay value. Um, it's unique. Um, it's definitely, I guess, punk rockish in that, you know, some of it's all over the place. Um, he does feature multiple skits from like Beavis and Butthead, which is very weird. I didn't really understand why. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but it was, it's a cool project. Um, like I went into this expecting, you know, a rock album with some creative cutty stuff on it, not expecting to get anything hip hop related. And that's what I got. Um, you know, Cuddy's trying new things. He's allowed to, he's an artist. That's what we want our artists to do. We want them to grow. We want them to be creative, step out of their lanes, try new things. This is what Cuddy is doing. And I think it, I think it worked. I would call this project a success. I listened to it like one and a half times through. Um, some of the songs are a bit, you know, in your face, but you know, there's a lot where it's just like, this is, this is cool. I'd listen to this. So if you happen to be, happen to be listening to this podcast and you're really into rock or punk rock, give Kid Cudi's album a try because I think you'll definitely enjoy it. To all my Kid Cudi fans listening, look, listen to it once through. If you, if you're not messing with it, that's completely understandable. You don't have to pick it up. There's still at least three Kid Cudi albums that you can still get your life from. Um, but give it a listen. I That's what I implore on this album, Speeding Bullets of Heaven. Give it a listen because I do think it is good music. While it's not in the lane that we expect and really wanted Cudi to stay in, I think that it is a good project. So I'm going to put the link in the description. Check it out. Um, it's, 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 worth, it's worth you checking out. Um, so let's jump into Jeremiah. Jeremiah, Chicago native, um, finally released his third studio album, Late Nights, the album. Um, it was delayed multiple times. He hasn't released an album in five years. Um, so this was, this was a long time coming. Um, the album's exactly what I expected from a Jeremiah album. You know, Jeremiah's firmly in the R&B, hip-hop, trap, soul, trap, and B lane, which I discussed a few episodes ago where, you know, um, he's in the urban contemporary R&B type of section. I actually just learned a lot about this because the Grammys, they have two sections of R&B there's like best R&B album and then there's like best urban contemporary album and I was really confused and they were all basically R&B artists in all both categories and I was confused as to what the difference was but it seems that best urban contemporary is like modern type of R&B the trap and B stuff that I've been talking about where it's like R&B that's infused with a lot of hip hop and trap um really modern you know ratchet R&B and then the best R&B category is more like, you know, uh, you know, the old school style of R&B, like your John Legends, your Tyrese, that type of stuff. Um, 
so yeah, Jeremiah's firmly in this trap and be like contemporary R and B lane. Um, you know, he's got features from Migos, Ty Dolla Sign, uh, YG, uh, Juicy J. Like, I mean, from those features alone, I think you know what type of album it is. Um, but it's a it's a good album. I've listened to it twice through. I will listen to it again. Um, he's got a song on there called Worthy with Janae Iko. I thought that was a good song. Paradise is a good song. Um, he's got a song called We on there. Good song. The song with Big Sean and Future called Royalty is dope. Planes, the song with J. Cole, that has been his main single, um, starts off the album. Just to remind you what, you know, what you're going to hear. And then, you know, it's a Jeremiah album. There's some ratchet. There's some really good singing because I do think Jeremiah has a good voice. Um, there's some good songwriting. There's some bad songwriting. Um, but all in all, I think it's I think it's a good album. Um, I think it's better than his last album, um, which was called All About You. And that was the album that gave us uh, like Down On Me featuring 50 Cent and all of that, you know wasn't you know wasn't the best work um so jeremiah you know he came back with a good album chicago fans you know r&b fans you're you're gonna like this album if you expected him to just like sit behind a piano and like a few drums and some minimalistic production and just sing his heart out this jeremiah is not about that um but if you expect it from Jeremiah, you know, what he's given, I think he gives you a little bit more. I think it's worth the listen. I'll put the link in the description. Um, it's a worthwhile album to listen to. Shout out to Jeremiah and finally getting his album out. I know it was, there were some problems with his label that really um, messed things up. So I'm glad that he was able to work through that, get his music out to the people so that they could enjoy it. Um, so next, let's talk about Magic Jordan. Uh, Magic Jordan is the group uh, that signed to Drake's OVO Sound label. Um, I think we really first heard from them on Drake's Hold On, We're Going Home song, Off of Nothing Was the Same. Um, they put out the song My Love with Drake. Um, and they have now released uh, their the date of their debut album. It's a self-titled debut. It's a self-titled album, so it's called Magic Jordan, um, and it will be released on February fifth. Um, you know, my love is gonna be on there, um, and I think I think this is something to look out for. Um, Magic Jordan. Consists of Magic and Jordan. Um, they're two people. A lot of people didn't know that. Um, one handles the vocals more. The other handles the production. Um, and they make a, a good team. And they fit into Drake's OVO sound really well. Um, you know, they're doing this R&B, slow vibe type music. Um, pretty decent vocals. I'm excited to see how they can carry a whole project um, so this is something to look out for. February 5th, um, Magic Jordan's debut album should be releasing. Um, and if you check the blog, hopeforhiphop.org, um, the 2016 list hasn't been released yet, but every one of the tabs on the blog is anticipated album releases where I put the dates, names of all the artists who are releasing albums for the year. So I did it for 2015. It's been up all year. Um, and probably sometime by the end of the month, I will release the anticipated album release dates and everything for 2016. And that'll be the new tab on the blog. But yeah, you can check that out just so you can have like a little clue of what albums to expect. Um, so yeah, February 5th, Magic Jordan releasing their album. Um, speaking of albums, Rihanna's album did not release last week. Um, she pretty much fooled the entire world. We were all expected that December 4th her album um was going to be released anti but it did not so 
I'm a little skeptical that it will release by the end of the year now. I'm just not really sure not really sure what's going on with that. But you know, I'll keep you informed. You can stay tuned. Rihanna's album will be released, I would say still within the next 3 months. It's just about when that's going to happen. Um J Cole uh HBO is doing a documentary of his 2014 Forest Hills Drive tour. Um, the homecoming show that he did in North Carolina uh, will be on HBO. They did like a whole documentary on it. It should be on HBO. I think it's airing January 9th. Um, and I think that'll be pretty cool. I went to the 2014 Forest Hills Drive show here in Tinley Park. Um, the concert was great. Like the actual music and everything was great. So you'll definitely want to check out this documentary. It seems cool. It seems like it's going to have some guests like drake and jay-z will show up so it's definitely worth a look so hbo if you've got it um you can even hit up hbo now i know that might be a cheaper way to get that but yeah january 9th his forest hill drive homecoming will air i believe at 9 p.m uh central time so 10 p.m eastern um speaking of j cole um his crew dreamville records um, you know, they released, uh, their first compilation project called Revenge of the Dreamers. Um, I believe it was a couple years ago. Um, and it's basically their version, you know, how MMG does self-made, uh, Good Music Did, Cruel Summer, you know, their compilation albums. Um, Revenge of the Dreamers was the one for the Dreamville Records, um, and it was pretty good, you know, it, it aptly featured music from all of the Dreamville artists, um, it was pretty dope, I was happy with it, it had 11 songs, um, that's where, you know, Lit, that had J. Cole and Boz was on there, um, CeeLo with the G's by Boz, um, you know, there was a lot of Boz Omen and J. Cole who were the main, you know, really the main three people on the Dreamville record label. So they did something different. Oh, and this this came out last year, 2014. So they did something different. Revenge of the Dreamers 2 has been released. J. Cole tweeted out, like, the number that was on the cover of the first one. It's like one eight 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 dream or something like that. And people called it, and some people actually got through to J. Cole and talked to him. Some people got a voicemail. Um, and then yesterday, or this might have been a couple days ago, he tweeted out, somebody give me your email address real quick. And he emailed them the link to the project. Like a few people, I think three or four, he emailed them the link to the new Revenge of the Dreamers project. Um, which I thought was just a cool promotional thing to do. And then like an hour later, he tweeted out the Apple Music and the iTunes link. Um so Revenge of the Dreamers 2 is out. Um, it's a comp another compilation. It's got J. Cole, Boz, Omen, a few new signees. Um, Loot um, is one of them. Kaz, C-O-Z-Z is another one. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a cool compilation. Donnie Trumpet from The Social Experiment um, makes... You know, an appearance on one of the songs, um, and it's just a cool. It's a cool tape. It's got nine tracks. It really showcases everybody on the label. Um, you know, for the J Cole fans, he he's on there at least on at least three or four songs. Um, Omens on there for at least three. Boz is on there for at least three. Um, it's a great. It's a great compilation that came out of nowhere. Some new music from Cole. And his crew, who are, you know, lyrically, they're all really good and they know how to write songs. Um, one of my favorite songs so far is a song called Caged Bird, and it's J. Cole in Omen. And it really, it really just exemplifies, you know, the type of music they make. It's real. Um, it tells real stories. Man, Cole knows how to speak to the people, man. Um, so, yeah, that's Caged Bird. You know, there's a lot of songs you know, like that. They really put together a good project. I'll, it's on Apple Music and you can buy it on iTunes. I'll put the links in the description. Go get their compilation album, Support Dreamville Records. Um, 
few more things. Um, Kaylani, um, who I've been telling you about, she has that album, You Should Be Here. Um, she just released a new song called Tore Up. Kaylani has an amazing voice. Um, she really sucks you into her song. She sings so passionately. And the production behind this one, you know, the soft keys um, and that that melody, they're just, they're really dope. So um, I'll put the link in the description so you can check out that full track. It's called Torah by Kehlani. It's definitely dope. Um, moving right along, Lil Wayne fans, Ray Swimmert fans, um, you two can now become one. Lil Wayne and Ray Schremert are going on a short tour, the dedication tour, from January 21st through March 6th, um, kicking off in El Paso, Texas, um, finishing in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's going to hit Ohio, New York, Pennsylvania, Michigan, L.A., among a bunch of other states. I'll put the link in the description so you can check out all the dates and get some tickets. Um, but that should be a turned-up tour for sure. Ray Schremert. They're energetic and they really know how to rock a show. And Lil Wayne is, you know, one of the greats regardless. So um, I'll put that information in uh, the description. Finishing up the press play segment, um, Adele killed it again. We're going to be talking about this for a while. In her second week, she sold another 1.1 million records in the second week. So she's surpassed, I believe, over 5 million records in two weeks she sold already. So... Adele's 25 album, Killing It. If you don't have it, go get it. You need it. Um, so that is it for the Press Place segment. After a very short break, going to come right back with the Dig Deeper segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. That was Grammy Family by Consequence with Kanye West, John Legend. Um, good music in the building. Um, welcome to the Dig Deeper segment. We're about to talk about the Grammys. Um, so I'm going to jump right in. You know, the Grammys have been around for a long time. This is the 58th Grammys. Um, but, you know, over the past few years, I'd say five or six, you know, especially in black culture and in the black community, you know, the Grammys has been failing a little bit. You know, they're constantly awarding the, the trophies, the gramophone, to the artists, you know, that are selling the most, you know, that are atop the charts and not necessarily the artists who make the better music. Now, of course, um, of course, that's a subjective matter as far as what music is better. I understand. But, you know, it's just clearly blatantly become a, you know, popularity contest, and to the point in some of the most recent years, it wasn't even who's popular, it was like the Grammy, uh, you know, uh, committee just like did their own thing, it was like, yo, we want this person to win, um, and you know, it's become a big issue, especially, you know, in hip-hop culture, because, uh, hip-hop has done so much for all of music um, that it makes no sense for it to not be recognized, you know, on a bigger scale. And, you know, when you look at the people winning the Grammys year after year um, for, you know, the categories that they deserve to win it in, it's not, you know, the hip-hop artists or the artists of color and things like that. And, you know, it's a it's a touchy subject, but that's just how it is. Um, so I wanted to give you a history of going back from the past, like, five Grammys, because I've been watching the Grammys now consistently, you know, live tweeting them for, you know, a long time now, definitely consistently the past six years. Um, I've been talking about the Grammys on Twitter and, you know, been a part of that community. Um and so I just want to go back to the last, like, five Grammys and talk about, you know, the most criticized misses that the Grammys had. Um, not necessarily just from my opinion, but from what I've heard from other people. So um, let's go back five years. At the 53rd Grammys, um, the most controversial thing to a lot of people was that Esperanza Spalding, who is a, you know, jazz musician... Um, 
she won Best New Artist over Drake and Justin Bieber. Um, and I remember, I remember the outrage on Twitter when she won this because everybody thought Drake had it or even Justin Bieber. And then this person who a lot of people hadn't heard of came and won it. Um, but I wasn't too mad about this because honestly, Esperanza Spalding is a beast. Um, and if you don't know who Esperanza Spalding is, hit her up. Her most recent project, which came out in 2012, Radio Music Society, is amazing. It is. And the one before that, Chamber Music Society, came out in 2010. Both great projects. Um, both both hit number one on the U.S. jazz charts. She's an excellent uh, jazz artist. Her song, Black Gold, radio song, Crowned and Kissed. Like, she makes good music. And I definitely think she deserved to win Best New Artist. She was really coming up at the time and, you know, making herself known. So I'm going to put the link for Radio Music Society in the um, description. Definitely check her out. I just think, you know, she's worth the listen. Um, at the 54th Grammys, um, this one was a bit, a bit sketchy. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was not nominated for Album of the Year. Now, it was nominated for Best Rap Album along with Watch the Throne, and it did win Best Rap Album. But just how critically acclaimed My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was, there's no reason why it should not have been nominated for Album of the Year. And I've checked. It's not because it was released at like a certain... It wasn't any of the date stuff where they're like, well, it was released after it. No, they didn't nominate it for Album of the Year. Now, the nominees in that category that year... Now, I don't think it should have won Album of the Year because 21 by Adele was in the ca- it was in the category. So, it wasn't going to win, but it did deserve to be nominated, and Kanye was very upset about that. The nominees were Born This Way by Lady Gaga, Waste and Light by Foo Fighters, 21 by Adele, Doo-Wops and Hooligans by Bruno Mars, Loud by Rihanna. Nothing for My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. So, bit of some shade... Boney Bear won Best New Artist over J. Cole and Nicki Minaj, which was, you know, people were a little confused. Um, Boney Bear is great. I do think Boney Bear is a great artist, but I don't know if, you know, at the time, Best New Artist over Cole and Nicki Minaj, like they were just doing so much. Um, to go back to Ye, granted, he did win four Grammys that year. He just, you know, he was in a tizzy because, you know, he wasn't nominated for Album of the Year. Um... The next year, the 55th annual Grammys, Channel Orange did not win Album of the Year. Channel Orange is one of the best albums in the past few years, you know, Frank Ocean's um, debut project. And it lost the Album of the Year to Babel by Mumford & Sons, um, which a lot of people were just confused by. Frank Ocean also didn't win Best New Artist that year over the group Fun which made no sense to me. Um, fun fact, this is also the the year that they created the urban contemporary R&B genre, um, and Channel Orange did win that Grammy for that. So Frank Ocean did walk away with the Grammy, but I thought I did not think there was a better album that year. Babel by Mumford & Sons was pretty fantastic, but I thought Channel Orange should have taken, taken that Grammy home. Um... So let's jump to the next year, the 56th annual Grammys. This was two years ago, and this was, I think, one of the Grammy award shows that really pissed the most people off. So this is the year that Kendrick was nominated for like seven Grammys, um, and he lost most of them. So number one, Kendrick loses album of the year to Daft Punk's Random Access Memories. You know what? That's fine. Daft Punk you know, is great. I really like Daft Punk. Random Access Memories was a great album. I own that on CD. Um, you know, it's it's tough to go up against that genre um, for album of the year. But here's where it gets weird. Macklemore wins Best New Artist over Kendrick. Okay. Thrift Shop wins Best Rap Song. Excuse me? Best rap. I'm still upset about this Grammy Awards. I thought I had let it go, but I clearly have not. Um, 
Best rap song goes to Thrift Shot by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Over Swimming Pools by Kendrick Lamar. Started from the Bottom by Drake. Tom Ford by Jay-Z. Berserk by Eminem. And this is where it gets the most ridiculous. The Heist, which is Macklemore and Ryan Lewis's album, won Best Rap Album over these albums. Nothing Was the Same by Drake. Magna Carta Holy Grail by Jay-Z. Yeezus by Kanye West and Good Kid Mad City over Kendrick Lamar. The Grammy committee is trying to tell me that The Heist by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis was a better rap album than Nothing Was the Same, Good Kid Mad City, and Yeezus? You see what I mean? Like, this makes no sense. And, you know, this was the Grammys where Macklemore, you know, tweeted a text he sent to Kendrick about, oh, you should have won. And it was just, it was just a lot of like Twitter exploded. It caught fire. Um, this was a huge problem because how are you going to say that that was a better rap album than any of those? How are you going to say that Macklemore was, should have been the best new artist over Kendrick? Like Kendrick was snubbed, seriously snubbed. So that was a big problem. The 57th Grammys last year, not much controversy. Um, Beck did win Album of, of the Year for his album Morning Phase over Beyonce's album, over Pharrell's album Girl, and over Sam Smith's In the Lonely Hour. I listened to Beck's album. Didn't think it was better than any of those albums, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Marshall Mathers' LP2 by Eminem won Best Rap Album over Childish Gambino's Because the Internet, Common's Nobody's Smiling, and... um Schoolboy Q's Oxymoron. All albums I thought were better than Eminem's album. But, you know, it is what it is. So that's five years in a row where there have been some questionable choices made um, as far as who's winning these Grammys. And, you know, people are obviously noticing that these Grammys are going to, you know, the majority instead of the minorities who you know, are really putting in work and who we think deserve to get these Grammys, you know, the people of color, the people who are really carrying, you know, these genres. And then you're giving, you're giving best rap album to Macklemore. Like, what are we doing? Best rap? Come on. So here we are at another year where the Grammys could do it right. You know, it's the 58th Grammys. They released the nominations. Kendrick was nominated for 11 this year. Now, that is the second most nominations in one night. The only person to have been nominated more times is Michael Jackson in 1984 when he received 12 nominations in one night, and he won eight out of those 12 that night. So it seems that maybe the Grammys realized what they did, and now that Kendrick has another amazing project out, they might be trying to shift the scales. But I don't know. I can't put my faith in the Grammy organization anymore um, because Kendrick is now facing a monster in Taylor Swift. Um, so let's get into some of the nominations. Um, I'm just going to talk about some of the most important ones. Uh, Record of the Year. Now, this is different from Song of the Year. Record of the Year is more so for the producers. Song of the Year is for the songwriters. So Record of the Year, Really Loved by D'Angelo and the Vanguard. Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars. Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran. Blank Space by Taylor Swift. Can't Feel My Face by The Weeknd. Um, really Love by D'Angelo is an amazing song. Production-wise, it's fantastic. Um, but, you know, there's, this is the problem. You have to second-guess yourself when you get to these categories when Taylor Swift's in it or like artists like her because you're like, ooh, but it's Taylor Swift and the Grammys love her and they might just give it to her. Um, I didn't think Blank Space was that great. Um, honestly, can't feel my face. You know, really, I think I think Uptown Funk is going to win Record of the Year. Um, just the... Just how much hype and how much people love that song and how it was everywhere, you know, that really plays a part. I think Uptown Funk, Mark Ronson, Bruno Mars is going to get record of the year. Song of the year. All Right by Kendrick Lamar off of To Pimp a Butterfly. Blank Space by Taylor Swift. Girl Crush by uh, Little Big Town, I guess. 
See You Again, that song with Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth from the Fat the Fast and Furious movie, Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran. Personally, I think it should go to All Right um, by Kendrick Lamar. What that song has done and what that album has done, you know, for the black community, you know, it's so uplifting. Um, it really, it preaches the the largest message out of any of the songs in that category. And this is Song of the Year, and it's based off songwriting. I think that All Right, Song of the Year should go to Kendrick. Um, don't be surprised if Blank Space wins it, though. You really can't count out Taylor Swift. Um, album of the Year, Sound and Color by Alabama Shakes. To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Traveler by Chris Stapleton. 1989 by Taylor Swift. Beauty Behind the Madness by The Weeknd. Shout out to The Weeknd for getting nominated um, for a lot of Grammys this year. You know, he really came out of nowhere. I'm going to have to do a podcast maybe sometime in early January before the Grammys airs. Um, doing an artist spotlight on The Weeknd and where he's come from because he's really he's really taken off. Um so I'm not really sure who Chris Stapleton is. Um, I can't really talk on that. Alabama Shakes, I know a little bit of them. Really, I think this is going to come down to To Pimp a Butterfly versus 1989. Um, while I think To Pimp a Butterfly was a better album, and this is not biased. I've listened to 1989 by Taylor Swift. I recognize Taylor Swift's greatness in what she does in her lane. Um I just think that To Pimp a Butterfly was a more important album this year than 1989 was. But the point remains that 1989 is one of the top three selling albums of 2015, sold over a million in its first week. And for that point and the fact that that is going to play a part in this race, I think 1989 is going to win album of the year. I don't think it deserves it, but I think it will. Um... Let's move along. Uh, best New Artist. I don't know much about the artists in the Best New Artist category. I am going to have to look them up. But we've got Courtney Barnett, James Bay, Sam Hunt. I don't really know much about those three. But then there's Tori Kelly, Amazing Voice. Just put out a great album. There's Megan Trainer, who I believe made the All About That Bass song. Only thing I have to say about this category is there's one snub that I don't think makes much sense, and that's Fetty Wap. Um, Fetty Wap tore up this year. You know, debut album aside, you know, Trap Queen, Again, 679, My Way. Like, he literally came out of nowhere with all of these songs that were just hitting you in the face with this melodic rap, you know, that had everybody singing it. I think he was snubbed from this Best New Artist category. It doesn't make sense. Um, so I'm a little confused about that. But I don't really have a prediction for this Best New Artist category. I do think Fetty Wap was snubbed. Um, best R&B performance. We have If I Don't Have You by Tamar Braxton. Rise Up by Andre Day. Breathing Underwater by Hiatus Coyote. Uh, Planes by Jeremiah featuring J. Cole. Earned It. Uh, fifty from Fifty Shades of Grey by the weekend. Um, honestly, I think this is either gonna go to Rise Up by Andre Day or Earned It by the weekend. I think they might give it to the weekend. I think Andre Day should get it for Rise Up because that is <laughs> there is no better R and B performance than you know Andre Day really singing her heart out of Rise Up. It's R and B to the core, and she kills it. But the commercial aspect of Earned It and, you know, they might just be wanting to throw the weekend, you know, a Grammy. Um, I think he's going to walk out with at least one. I think this might be it. He might get best R&B performance for Earned It. Best traditional R&B performance. He is by Faith Evans. Little Ghetto Boy by Layla Hathaway. Let It Burn by Jasmine Sullivan. Shame by Tyrese. My Favorite Part of You by Charlie Wilson. Great category. Um, all great songs. Um, definitely you should check out all of them. Uh, this is tough. Let It Burn by Jasmine Sullivan. Fantastic. Shame by Tyrese. Fantastic. Uh, 
I don't think Charlie Wilson's gonna get it. I don't think Faith Evans is gonna get it. Um, Little Ghetto Boy by Layla Hathaway is pretty great. You know, I'm gonna lock it in with Little Ghetto Boy by Layla Hathaway, best traditional R&B performance. Um, and I'm gonna do a write-up of my full predictions on the blog, hopeforhiphop.org. So, just so they're documented, I'm gonna put my predictions on the blog. Um, they'll be up by the time you hear this podcast, um, just so you can see them all in full. Best R&B song, Coffee by Miguel. Earned It by The Weeknd, Let It Burn, Jasmine Sullivan, Really Love by D'Angelo, Shame by Tyrese. Um, honestly, I think Really Love by D'Angelo should get this. If you haven't listened to Black Messiah by D'Angelo, you definitely should check it out. It was one of the best albums last year. I had it on my list for my top 15 of last year. Um, really Love is a wonderful song. Definitely check it out. I'll put the link to this album in the description. Really love, gonna win best R&B song. That's my prediction. Best urban contemporary album. Um, lot of lot of people in this category. Ego Death by The Internet. You Should Be Here by Kehlani. Blood by Leanne LaHavis. Wild Heart by Miguel. Beauty Behind the Madness by The Weeknd. I already know how this is gonna go down. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, honestly, Ego Death by The Internet number one, should win this category. I'm so happy that the internet and Kehlani and Leanne LeHavis were nominated for a Grammy for this category. But Beauty Behind the Madness by The Weeknd commercially tore up. It was on the charts for forever. And I know how the Grammy organization thinks a little bit. They're going to give this album, Best Urban Contemporary Album, to The Weeknd. It should go to the internet, but The Weeknd will win it. Best R&B Album, Coming Home by Leon Bridges, Black Messiah by D'Angelo and the Vanguard, Cheers to the Fall by Andre Day, Reality Show by Jasmine Sullivan, Forever Charlie by Charlie Wilson. Um, this one will be between Black Messiah by D'Angelo and Coming Home by Leon Bridges. I think D'Angelo is going to walk away with the Grammy for this one for Best R&B Album. I do think it was a better R&B album than all of the ones on the list. Uh, Black Messiah will win that one. Uh, Best Rap Performance, Apparently by J. Cole. Back to Back by Drake. Trap Queen by Fetty Wap. All Right by Kendrick Lamar. Truffle Butter by Nicki Minaj. All Day by Kanye. Now... Let's just talk for a little bit, very little bit, about how Back to Back is nominated for a Grammy. Like, this is a diss record that Drake made about Meek Mill. It tore up on the charts, and he is now nominated for a Grammy. Like, it's like the L's don't, they, the L's don't stop coming for Meek Mill. Um, I don't think it'll win the Grammy, though. I think they might give this to Trap Queen by Fetty Wap. Or All Right by Kendrick Lamar. I think All Right by Kendrick Lamar will win it. Best Rap Song Collaboration. One Man Can Change the World. Big Sean, Kanye West, and John Legend. Glory, Common, and John Legend. Classic Man, Jadena, uh, and Roman, Glenn Arthur. These Walls, Kendrick Lamar, Bilal, Anna Wise, and Thundercat. Only Nicki Minaj, Drake, Lil Wayne, Chris Brown. Um... Glory's going to win this. Just the the power of Selma and what that song has done. I think the Grammys will not forget that. Glory by Common and John Legend from the Selma soundtrack. I think that will win Best Rap Song Collaboration. Now we have Best Rap Song. All Day, Kanye West. All Right, Kendrick Lamar. Energy, Drake. Glory, Common and John Legend. Trap Queen, Fetty Wap. Uh... This is tough. I don't think it will be Energy by Drake. I don't think they'll give this to Glory. You know, they might give this to All Day by Kanye, or they might give this to All Right by Kendrick Lamar. I can't choose between those two. I think Best Rap Song will go to one of those. Um, it's been a while since we've heard All Day and since we've heard much hype from Kanye's album, but I think they're gonna give, that he's going to get thrown a Grammy. Um, 
Here we go. Best rap album. 2014 Forest Hills Drive by J. Cole. Compton by Dr. Dre. If You're Reading This Is Too Late by Drake. To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. The Pink Print by Nicki Minaj. Now, there were some snubs from this category. I think Lupe Fiasco's album Tetsuo and Youth should have been nominated. I think Big Sean's Dark Sky Paradise should have been nominated. I think Wale's The Album About Nothing should have been nominated. I think Run the Jewels, Run the Jewels 2 album should have been nominated. All four of those are hip-hop albums that should have been nominated in this category over The Pink Print by Nicki Minaj. Honestly, over If You're Reading This Is Too Late by Drake. I understand Drake is one of the top three he has one of the top three most selling albums this year with if you're reading this is too late um this should go to pimp a, to, to to pimp a butterfly by kendrick lamar plain and simple that is the album of the year in my opinion it's definitely the best rap album of the year to pimp a butterfly by kendrick lamar um second place should be 2014 forest hills drive but i can see them giving Drake the Grammy for this um, because of his commercial success. I would not agree with that. I would have something to say about that. But if they do it right, To Pimp a Butterfly wins Best Rap Album. Especially if they're on this whole, you know, redemption kick with Kendrick, which they should be. I mean, he's nominated for the second most, the second highest amount of nominations in one night. I feel like there's a plan here. Um, lastly, best music video, LSD by ASAP Rocky, I Feel Love, Every Million Miles by The Dead Weather, All Right by Kendrick Lamar, Bad Blood by Taylor Swift, featuring Kendrick Lamar, Freedom by Pharrell. This one's gonna go to Bad Blood by Taylor Swift. I didn't think that video was that good at all, really. It just had a bunch of, you know, weird, like, I don't know. I didn't think it was that good of a, a video, I don't know why Kendrick really signed on to it. Maybe if so, he could <laughs> attach his coat to her coattails, get that Grammy. Um, Freedom by Pharrell, I think, would be my choice to win this. Best music video. He killed it. That song is dope. But it might go to Bad Blood. So those are my quick Grammy predictions for this year. Um, Hotline Bling, I think, should have been nominated for a Grammy above Back to Back. Like, just how many people have covered that song? You know, it came out, uh, like, before Back to Back, so it's not a an issue of that. Um, now, I don't think it was, and this might be the case, why it wasn't nominated. I don't think it was as good of a song lyrically, but, you know, culturally and, like, what people have done with it. Um, I thought maybe it deserved a nod, but you know, I guess I can kind of see how, you know, back to back came in in the best rap song category. Either way, um, Big Sean was definitely snubbed. Dark Sky Paradise is a great album. Check that out. Like it's, it's going to be in my top 15, um, list at the end of the month when I talk about that on the podcast and the blog. Um, but yeah, here we go. Uh, 58th annual Grammys are happening in February. I believe it is February 15th, 2016. You know we're going to be talking about the entire show, not just the winners, you know, the performances and everything on the podcast. Um, We'll see what happens. Um, The Grammys are in a place where they could really turn things around and do the right thing. You know, this can easily go left. It can go in a bad way or they could do the right thing. And all of the, you know, respectable artists could win. We shall see. Uh, I'm going to write all of this up into a post for the blog, hopeforhiphop.org. Check that out. That is it for the Dig Deeper segment. Um, We'll see what the Grammys can do. Um, Thank you all for listening. Uh, Hit up the Twitter, TOTB the podcast. Facebook's in the description. Blog is hopeforhiphop.org. Um... If you got any suggestions, things you want me to cover on the podcast, things you want me to talk about, you can tweet me, you can hit me up on Facebook, you can email the show at thinkingoutsidetheboombox at gmail.com. Please uh, check out the podcast on iTunes, subscribe, it really helps 
It's going to be more noticed if I have like ratings and reviews on iTunes. That's really how I'm going to move up the ladder um, and get noticed by iTunes. So if you can please rate and review on iTunes, it takes a couple minutes. Um, that would be great. Tell your friends, let them know that there's a dope hip hop and R&B podcast out here holding it down. Um, I appreciate you all listening. I'm going to be back next week with, uh, the top 40, my personal top 40 songs of 2015. I'll be giving you numbers 21 through 40 next week. Um, December 23rd, I'll give you one through 20. And then the final podcast of the year, on December 30th, I will give you the top 15 albums and mixtapes of the year. Stay tuned. Uh, it's going to be great. I'm excited to share my opinions and talk to you all about this. So thank you for listening. Um, I know this is a little bit of a longer episode, but I don't think the next one should be too crazy. Um, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. And thanks for tuning in to Thinking Outside the Boombox. I'll see you next week. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 